All right, and we're live. Hey, everybody, it's Angela Humphreys, uh, previously broadcasting for Woes and Wake. I'm going to go ahead and transition um, my Woes and Wake brand over to Liberty on the Loose. So um, I'm moving out of Wake County, so Woes and Wake won't really apply to me anymore, even though you you folks in Wake County will have lots of woes to deal with when I leave. Um, and so I just want to welcome Dee Watson to the episode today. And if you guys are watching this after the live stream, uh, feel free to share it with your friends. We're going to try to be very brief today because we know everybody has busy lives. It's Friday. Uh, I probably got lots of stuff to do, but um, we're going to talk about the ABC Science Collaborative, which does have a foothold in a lot of uh, school districts in the state of North Carolina. And we just want to talk about the data that they're actually pr providing to these school systems and want to make sure that the school boards are actually interpreting the data. So Dee, without further ado, welcome to the broadcast. I hope our friends will watch. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about your background. Hi. Um, so I had worked at Duke as a statistician for 10 years, and I told you that. And the next day you sent me this ABC report, which I hadn't seen. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can look at it. Um, and when I looked at it, the first thing I noticed is that there's doctors on this report, not a statistician. Duke isn't supposed to do that. They actually got into a lot of trouble for doing that a few years ago. Um, and basically, I went over the report. And if you look at the tables, which we can look at if you want to pull them up, um, okay. I can go over um, what the data actually shows. So I think that while you're pulling that up, just let me explain. There's been a big disconnect lately between what the data shows, the science, and what people are saying about the data. So those aren't always matching. And so when we first bring up data, first of all, this is a really nice data set. Kudos to whoever put it together. Um, they got data from a lot of people. There's about, there's over 850 thousand children in this data set. So almost a million children are in this data set. Mm -hmm. um, it's not everybody in the state. Um, so from the charter schools, for example, there's 14 charters in here. And I know there's over 150 charters in the state. So they're missing some data, but there's a lot of data in here. Um, and if you go to table three, the most interesting tables to me were there's six tables. The most interesting ones were three and four and basically when you look at data the data is the data okay. so if you so if you look at table three what this table is is it is the bus practice so the first but one means my understanding is one is like you can they made a rule that you could only put one kid per seat two is you can only put two kids per seat three is three kids per seat and i don't know what other is but it turns out other is really bad so it's, it's actually <laughs> the worst <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's other. Wait, wait, isn't that a red flag? We don't know what other is. Other is not defined. Isn't that a little they, strange? It, it's not that strange. Um, okay. it, it's probably a group of many things. This, this report, first of all, from ABC is not written in a format where you would even put it up for peer review. Okay. Um, so if something's peer reviewed, we would have like an abstract, we'd have a methods, we'd have a results section, then conclusion and discussion. This report's just not written like that. So there's a lot of kind of ambiguous things in the report. Um, and one thing that's, yeah, one thing that's, there's actually a lot of missing data. So when you're looking at these tables, so here you're talking about bus practice. Not all the students are represented. So it's not clear where the other students went 
like and and repeatedly in the data there's missing data that's not explained so that's actually a red flag but it's i, I mean there could be a lot of reasonable explanations for that um so basically then it says like the number of children who are in that grouping so this is the number of children who use bus practice one number of children who use two number who use three and then there's a column for primary and secondary and both primary and secondary are cases primary means the that they believe that that person got it from out of the school district and brought it into their school and okay. secondary means that it was a case where they think the person, like somebody contracted it from somebody else in the school. So I did not like that they split up that data because that requires somebody um, figuring out how, which if a case is primary or secondary. And it's really clear to like, oh, this kid went to the school and they tested positive. That's clear. Deciding whether or not they caught it in the school is a lot harder than it sounds. So that's kind of right. ambiguous how they split that up. So what I did is I took this table and I combined primary and secondary, which gave me number of cases. And I did a chi-square test on that. I did a chi-square test on just the primary cases. And so in a chi-square test on the secondary, they're all statistically significant. So what that means is basically it's hard to tell from those numbers, but when you look at the proportions, it means that one, there's less spread if you use bus plan one, there's more spread if you use two, there's more spread if you use three than two, and other has the highest level of spread. And whatever this other is, if you compare that to the bus one people, um, there's a 91% increase in the spread. So if you're using this other bus plan, you're more than, twice you, you 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 almost double the number of cases does that okay. make sense sure but we don't know what that is we don't, we don't know, know what, what that is but we know it's statistically yeah we we know it's statistically significant we know that this bus plan thing does make a difference okay okay yeah so then if you go down to table four it's a similar situation and this one really bothered me because We've been constantly told that social distancing makes a difference. There's a lot of data on that. I I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that we should socially distance because of course if you um, are doubling the distance between people, that means you can only fit 24% of the kids in the room, right? It's hard to socially distance. I understand that, uh, but I did the same thing for that and basically, of course, socially distancing makes a difference. He had um, grouped them as people who weren't socially distanced, which would be none and less than three combined, um, with a, and contrasted it with three and greater, which would include the six and greater. And if you, um, the number of cases has about an 88% increase if you're not socially distanced. Okay. okay. And it's very statistically significant. I did all, all the tests make a difference. So the data is really clear that both of these things are in that socially distancing obviously decreases cases and having fewer kids on the bus decreases cases. That's clear. Um, but if you go back to what he said about the data, 
he said which something. Which is the beginning, right? Yeah, which is the beginning. Yeah, he does this like nice little summary for everybody. He does this I little think. summary, but it's like he, I swear, I don't know, maybe he wrote the summary and then like didn't bother to see if the data matched it at all. I don't know. But he says, so if you stop right there, it says, Distance does not predict the spread of COVID-19 when students, staff, teachers are masked. That's his conclusion. And that's just crazy because, first of all, it's categorically false. Co distance does predict the spread. Okay. It's not a perfect. It's not like, oh, I can tell exactly who it is. But if you um, are distanced, you are at reduced risk. Like, and there's been all kinds of other data. So it's very strange that he would say this at all. Okay. I think he's um, a strange person, probably, but we're not making our own conclusions, right? We're just trying to analyze the stuff he's saying right. without, like, without interjecting any of our personal beliefs. But, and, and I want the public to know that he is a major influencer in whether your children are going to school masked, masked or unmasked, masked. Um, or, you know, it's the big debate about masks versus masks, op mask, mask optional. Gosh, it's hard for me to say with my Invisalign in. Sorry. <laughs> but don't let me um, stop you. Oh, You're like, shoo, like so, ninja. But basically, um, then he goes on to talk about masks and his conclusion is all this stuff about masks. But if you look in those six tables, the word mask isn't in any of those tables. And there's a really good reason for it. Because if you want to make a contrast and you want to say something, you have to have people in the other group, okay? And everybody in this data set was masked. So all you can say is, I mean, he does say that there was less than 1% cases, that it was pretty safe, which I agree with. If you think one, less than 1% of the students in three months coming up ha having a case is the threshold. That did happen. I mean, that's clear in his data. But that has nothing, we don't know if that has anything to do with mass. We don't know one way or the other, and nobody can determine that from this data set because everybody in the data set was masked. That was right. just the policy. So you shouldn't say anything and make any contrasts. If you want to find out that information, you have to have school districts that did not have masks or were mask optional. Which we may have, we may have had in some charters, we may have had in some private schools, but he didn't include any of that in this. So that was a red flag to me. And I'm not Mrs. Data Queen like but you are. <laughs> if he wants to say that, he should give us the data, the supporting data. None of the data that he's given supports that conclusion in any way. And it's um, this woman as well who's helping him. I don't know why her name is so much larger. That was weird. That's the way the document okay. came, though. All right. Well, so what else? We got some information missing. We have information undefined. Um, um, I don't know what else stood out to me and about this. this I know I just needed help interpreting it. But none of, I mean, this is something that you would bring up in the peer review process. I would think a peer reviewer would take him to the shed for saying this, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, I would hope. So and that was something that was something I mentioned to you too. I was like, he's getting a ton of money. People are mentioning it in the school board meeting, um, like upwards of, uh, over 150 million, I think. I think they mentioned 119 or 198 million. I don't remember the exact figure. But then you countered and you said, "Well, to do studies is very expensive." You know, you know, you pointed but, out, "Hey, to get a drug to the market takes billions." But, I think you said with a B. 
But actually, yeah, B with, it does with a B, but those are clinical trials. This is not a clinical trial. This is an sure. observational study. So he has a big sample size. It is a nice data set. It, I don't understand why he doesn't have everybody. So that's another thing I'm skeptical <laughs> of, because if you're going to do a survey, like, why is he missing some districts? I'm not sure. Um, it, but yeah, so maybe if he wrote it up right, that would he could explain that. I don't know. That's it's possible to explain that. So, so do you think in school districts is it safe for parents to conclude in school districts where the ABC Science Collaborative is involved in presenting their materials based on this material? I haven't looked at anything after this. Like I just uh, started taking a glimpse of what he presented to Wake County. Um, prior to our meeting here today, and I need to dig into that too, but I did hear him contradict himself in that one as well, the work session, which is on YouTube. Uh, folks in Wake County can can look up uh, all these school board meetings. They're all uh, public meetings. You have you should have full access to them. They shouldn't be edited or anything like that. But anyway, like so is it safe for parents to conclude um, to make a conclusion that, Hey, maybe we should not be taking everything this guy says to heart. Uh, hey, maybe we should be um, getting a second opinion. Like, what do you think the solution is for parents that have this ABC Science Collaborative um, driving decisions in their district, especially about masks? Um, I don't know. Um, I definitely think I wouldn't be listening to to anything he says about masks because there's no data about his masks. So, I mean, like, I'm always like, show me the data. And he shows you data, but it has nothing to do about masks. It would be like, I mean, that's kind of like if, if you want, if I say, Angela, tell me about your daughter. And then you go and you tell me about your husband. These two things have nothing in common, right? <laughs> like, so none of his data supports the conclusions that he made. That's okay. That, if he has data that supports his conclusions, he should have given that data instead. You did. You did find something significant about charter schools in this report. Do you remember what? Um, what I, I did. Ch charter schools had fewer cases. It's Table One. Okay. Um, so if you go up to Table One, charter schools and small schools actually have fewer cases than the medium and large schools. And I don't know if that's school district or the size of the school. I wasn't clear on that. Um, but that's also statistically significant. And there's also statistically significant um, changes in regions that could have to do with um, the prevalence in those areas. But that's speculation. I mean, I can tell you what's significant and I can tell you what's different, but I can't. I mean, it's speculative to say what's causing it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just see numbers when I look at the charter schools, but you're telling me I should see what instead? <laughs> <laughs> I see small, medium, large, and charters. I'm like, what the okay. hell am I looking so, at? Okay, <laughs> something that's happened is those are really different numbers. So what you have to do is you basically have to, like, look at the number of children. So you take the number of cases and divide by the number of children. So it kind of normalizes and you can actually the, see the percentage of cases. Okay. So if, if you do that, um, it's 0.65% of the students ended up being cases in small in small schools, 0.8 in medium, 0.8 in large, and 0.61 in charters. Okay. So Do we, do we know if these cases are cumulative? Like the NCDHHS is just accumulating all these cases. They're not um, just keeping, hey, these are today's rates and going from there. They're adding on to it from day one. And the, the chart, of course, keeps going up. Okay, so in this data set, he was actually clear in 
his description. It's a it's okay. about a three month window, and it's from about March until June. So. Okay. And I'm thinking one thing that might have called caused it is in charters because a lot of them were open sooner. I don't know if those are the charters he used, but it could be. Okay. So if they had a case that was uh, before that March date, because a lot of them were open sooner for full instruction. I I mean, actually, the one by me, it was open the whole time. Um, okay. So if you have a situation like that where they had been open sooner, they might have had their cases earlier and figured out better methods. So okay. that might be why they're lower. I don't know why they're lower. That's just speculation on my part. That's fine. But um, shouldn't I also have an issue with these two columns, the primary primary and secondary column? Because um, there's, so we're just taking people's word of mouth for them guessing where they may have gotten sick, I guess. So I don't know we don't, how we don't they know did that. My we don't know if my kid's teacher got me sick, which is probably impossible the way how loud our teachers union is in white county. Um, so <laughs> they <would> never, <laughs> they could never do that. We don't know how they calculated that. And I don't think it would be possible, even if people are being really honest, it wouldn't be possible to determine it. Um, also, I think there is a problem with it because the primary cases shouldn't be statistically significant and they are. So I think that there right. was some kind of bias in putting people in primary rather than secondary. So, it, I mean, if you think about it logically, how would they know? So if uh, my kid goes to school and they get sick from another kid and then they come home and um, I get sick and I go to the doctor and I get tested, okay, I actually should be a secondary. I got sick from my kid who got sick in school, but I was the first one tested. So when you do my contact tracing, I'm like, oh, well, let's test the people in my family. So now my kid would test as the primary and the other kid would test as the secondary. Okay. So that would just be wrong. I mean, like, so, cause my kid was the secondary. It was, it's all messed up. You don't really know where people got sick. And okay. you don't know what the order is. So I don't see how they could really, they're trying to guess at that data with contact tracing. And I think that there's something wrong with it. But okay. th that that's not because they did something wrong. It's just because that's a really difficult thing to do. Gotcha. Um, so if he does say something like, if, if Dr. Danny Benjamin says, I'm going to, we're doing genome testing here in Wake County and figuring out whether D got Angela sick or Angela got D sick, should we believe him or are you saying it's too hard to do that or is it too costly to do that or it's too costly genome okay. testing is really expensive but i don't we, we have unlimited money haven't you heard <laughs> <laughs> federal <laughs> government is rich <laughs> they just keep printing it um i'm yeah. totally being sarcastic if you've never listened to me before and you're just now like scrolling through like live streams please know i'm being very sarcastic yeah so that's <laughs> Yeah. So that was basically my take on that is that just that the conclusions do not match the data at all. Okay. How about, um, how about this fun piece here? Can you tell us about this? Yes. So that is the definition of vaccination in of September. So this month it was changed from immunity to protection. And I think that that's being motivated from data since the Delta variant came out. Um, in Massachusetts, there was an outbreak when they um, looked at the data in the Massachusetts outbreak. At the time, vaccinated people, they were telling them they didn't need to wear a mask. Um, but they did a lot of tracing and a lot of t 
testing on this Massachusetts data set because they had this outbreak. And they found that the vaccinating people were shedding as much virus as the unvaccinated people. Oh, yeah. We have a chart for that, right? The vax versus unvaxed chart? Well, I don't, that's a different chart, but that means that they're shredding. That means like if you're, there's this idea like, oh, you don't, if you're vaccinated, you won't spread it. And that kind of was true for alpha because in the, originally that was, it it wasn't like they didn't spread it, but they didn't spread it as much. But when the Delta variant hit, it was, this was early July and they had a data set where 90% of the cases were Delta and it did behave differently than the other outbreaks because it was like the Delta variant hit the United States. And in that data set, when they went to test people, they found that the vaccinated people were just as contagious as the unvaccinated. And that's pretty much well established. They might not be as contagious as long, but when they are first getting it and coming down with it, they act a vaccinated person and unvaccinated person are just as contagious, basically. Okay. Um, so it used to be like you'd be immune. Like, so if you got your measles vaccine, then you're immune to measles. You don't get a measles and then you don't shed and you're not contagious so as badly. But that's no longer the case. Um, so people are getting sick now. They're getting sick at different rates and they're not immune to the disease, even though they're vaccinated. So instead of saying the vaccine doesn't work like vaccines used to work, they just changed the definition of a vaccine. Yeah, that's crazy. That's um, Orwellian. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, was the right word? I wasn't going to be like, so 1984-ish. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, and what about the last, we have two more slides and I'm keeping you longer. I wanted to try to get everything okay. done in 20 minutes or less, but I'm having too much fun lollygagging and stuff. Yeah, I talk too much. Yeah. Me too. Um, should we share the others or should we just summarize with our words? It's up uh, to you. I'm having trouble finding them. <laughs> okay. So the unvaxed, uh, the skewed data. I, I will try to share that if you want to talk about that one. Oh, so I'll just, the, the one slide, um, it was, I got it from the Washington Post. They found a PowerPoint and it was leaked to them. And it basically said in May, before Delta hit, um, 15% of the COVID deaths were vaccinated people. So we keep hearing this statistic that, oh, it's like 1% of the people are vaccinated. No, in May, if you look at it just for that time period, 15% of the deaths were vaccinated. And now it would be much higher because the Delta's hit and they're not giving us that data. If you're out there, so this is what they tell people. This is the nice, pretty slide that they show people. There's a lot wrong with the slide. It was the other one. And this is from the White House? What the this heck? is from the White House. This is how they show everybody it's so great. And it makes you feel like, oh, you're a fool to not get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of problems. This data is cumulative. This is very deceptive how they did it. Um, basically, in the beginning, like hardly anybody was vaccinated. That's why, like, they're, you know, the fully vaccinated um, aren't getting sick because there aren't any. If, so if the nobody's- blue- the, the blue line is a cumulative amount, sort of like NCDHHS has in yes. their dashboard. They're accounting every single case from, what does that say? Uh, so that was January, uh, the beginning of January. January 30th. So at yeah. that time, very few people were vaccinated. And so, of course, when people were hospitalized, they weren't vaccinated because there weren't very many vaccinated people. They are so good at messaging. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to be true anymore. You just have to have a big mouth and a way to share. <laughs> right. 
And then there was one more slide that was, what was on that? Oh, that was the, the CDC thing um, from the leaked Washington Post. But there is one other statistic I want to talk about. Um, and this came up okay. from the, I, I read this article that somebody in the British um, Medical Journal wrote. And it talked about the data. So the data set that was used to approve the vaccine and that data set has about over 22,000 patients per arm. It's a huge data set. Okay. But not a lot of deaths. There's only 29 deaths in the data set. And you're um, getting that other one. That, so this one is, that's the other slide that shows the 15% deaths in May our vaccine, our vaccinated people. Yeah, I'm just throwing up the stuff you you wanted to share. Oh, Sorry, sure. it interrupted oh, no. your train train of uh, thought, though. <laughs> oh no problem. So basically, there were 29 deaths in that randomized controlled clinical trial, which we that's a really good data set, a randomized um, trial. But there's 29 deaths. If the vaccine is protective, there's making there's they've led people to believe that it will protect you against dying. But the truth is of those 29 deaths, 15 were among the vaccinated group and 14 were the unvaccinated. So even though the people who were vaccinated were, they were more likely to get COVID, they were not more likely to die. Um, so Was that recent? And how do we find that? Um, I can send you a link for it. I, I did send you a link. I can send you a link. It's a preprint article. Okay. Um, which is, so it's not peer reviewed, it's before publication, but I can show you the preprint and you can see the cause of death. And part of it could be because um, the vaccine is associated with um, cardio uh, heart issues and clots. And like there were like four times as many heart attacks in the vaccinated group than the, the unvaccinated group. So there was an offset factor. It, it could also be that they didn't have that much data. That's not 29 events. By rule of thumb, if there was a fat, if it was a significant, if it improved your chances of living, that is enough data that it should have shown that, and it did not, though. So, so you've been following all this stuff for a while, and you actually had the skills to be able to kind of digest it and break it down. Whereas I, not so much. I'm just like, give me the Cliff Notes version, literally. Um, <laughs> I need the cheat sheet. Tell me what I should think. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to say that. I mean, I wanted to learn. I just haven't made time to learn and figure out what I want to look for. Like I, I am reading books on how to lie with statistics, but I mean, my problem is I, I pick up 10 books at a time and I never get through all of them until 10 years later, probably. So I might know about statistics one day <laughs> and analyzing information. And then looking like when I start looking at the graphs, I'm like, what are they trying to say here? How does this make sense? You know, how do I use the NCDHHS dashboard? And the more I go to the dashboard, the more the better I can use it. But I'm, and then I even know that there's stuff missing there. I'm like, why are they, why are they all cumulative things? Why aren't they just doing, you know, um, why aren't why don't they have survival rates here? You know, I do see some things are missing, but um, are there other things that you think folks are missing? Um, and maybe they should take a second look at like we're just going along with it way too easily and um it's not um harmful to ask questions i don't think by any means and even school board members i've talked to they are receptive like some of them are starting to ask questions um there's only like one in the whole state that has seemed to challenge uh the mask thing uh it was like 50 50 masks roughly in our state and then 
they all started saying, oh, now we're all going to just force masks, like all the school districts. So it looked like there was going to be an option to avoid masks, but um, people didn't know how to interpret the data. They just mirrored what everybody else was doing. And um, so if parents wanted to apply pressure somewhere, like what, what do you, can you make any suggestion? Like if data is being used, what's one thing a layperson should look for, I guess, give us a, I guess your number one tip. <laughs> well, I guess my number one request would be that people ask for the data. So there is a phenomenon that there is a school that's not mass. So we need to see what their data says and look at it objectively. Okay, so that would be my number one thing. I wish there were more schools that were unmasked so we had more data that would actually yeah. help. Because mm -hmm. you're never going to be able to make come to a conclusion unless you have both sets of data happening at the same time. Right. And we do have that one district. It's Yancey County Public Schools. Mr. Fortner wrote a letter that kind of bucked back at Roy Cooper. So I wonder if um, they'd be willing to provide something. <laughs> it, I mean, it would have be... to be comparable to, I guess, whatever Dr. Benjamin and this other doctor did with so, a larger name. That would help. But the big thing that's going on right now, I think, is the vaccine status. And if you go to the NC um, Department of Health and Human Services webpage, there's a survey there and it says, like, did you find the data you're looking for? And I went there today and I said, no, you don't have hospitalizations and death by vaccine status in cases are also not by vaccine status. So I requested that data and I wish everybody would go and request that they can get the data by vaccine status. For hospitalizations, they will give you the hospitalizations by race, they'll give it to you by gender, they'll give mm -hmm. it to you by ethnicity and by age group, but they will not give it to you by vaccine status. And they keep telling us that, oh, your chances of being hospitalized are so much less. They're like 1% if you're vaccinated. It's like, really show me the data because I don't believe it. Um, I would really like to see the data. And if I'm wrong, great. If And I would like it for deaths as well. So those statistics given to you by vaccine status, because if you want to tell everybody that the vaccine is what's saving people, show us the data. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Um, I, I came across that tool too. Did you find what you were looking for? And I was like, no, but I forget what my entry was. Like, I think I, I think I asked for... I would like to see vax versus unvax, but I don't ever expect for them to give me that information. Maybe in on Roy Cooper's way out of office, he does term out <laughs> in three and a half more years, I think, three and three and a quarter more years. Um, so maybe someone will eventually send it, but by then who's gonna care? You know, hopefully it, we'll be we need it over time because we need the Delta variant has obviously changed things. The vaccine was effective um earlier for sure. Um, but I don't think it's as effective now and we won't, well, they admit it's not as effective now, but if we got that data, we could see what the actual state is, you know, how okay. much less effective it is. You know, we could have a better idea of what to do. Well, so. thank you for all your words of wisdom. So are you willing to do this again, maybe someday in the future? If, uh, if we find some more um, anomalies with Dr. Danny Benjamin's, um, ABC Science collaborative initiatives that he's got going on because I'm I'm I don't think he's going away anytime soon. So it'd be nice to just um, break it down for the public, I think, and do it as quickly as we possibly can for everybody, even ourselves, our busy lives. It's Friday. <laughs> um, if you get send me a data set, I would be happy to look at it for you. All right, okay. awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Dee, for coming on. Any final thoughts? Um, just happy to be here. <laughs>
Thank you. Okay. And school choice. Yes, I, I need to compliment you on your very cool uh, t-shirt. Where'd you get that t-shirt? From an awesome person. <laughs> so it's good on you. Uh, safety green is totally the right color for this conversation. It is. <laughs> that was the name of the color. Looks good. Thank you for uh, wearing it and sporting it in the live stream. That is so cool. And uh, I'll, I'll look forward to your tweet that you mentioned that you, sh you did a selfie or something. I did. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. I'll, ch I'll check it out later. And um, thank you for sharing all this great information and really breaking it down for me, especially. And hopefully uh, folks who watch this either today or strolled by or in the future will find, find it useful because I think 13 school districts is a lot of people. So uh, get out there and share, folks. Thanks, Dee. Have a good night. Thanks, Angela.